Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Sybil Shepherd, Sybil Does It, to Cole Porter from Bruce Willis released his Return of Bruno album in January of 1987. The album's lead single, Respect Yourself, featuring background vocals from the Pointer Sisters, was a hit, peaking at number 5 on the Billboard Hot 100. The craziest thing about the Bruce Willis album being a hit was that he wasn't even a movie star yet. At least not the movie star that he would become. Die Hard was still more than a year away. I talked about this album way back on episode 3 of Bizarre Albums, so if you want the full story, go back and check out that episode. At the time, Bruce Willis was best known as David Addison from the ABC comedy drama series Moonlighting. What do you suppose could have gotten at somebody so hot? Could have been that they walked in on a moment of fun and frolic here at the Blue Moon Investigations. Nah, nobody could be that self-involved, that humorless. Nobody could have that biggest stick fun up there. Fun and frolic? Is that what you call this? Magic and mirth? Thrills and spills? Love and laughter? You think this is funny? Uh, sure, I'm trying, like... Uh, what if I had been a client? What if you had been a client? What if I had what? been a client, a potential client, and walked in here and saw that band of zombies we call employees out there doing your revival of Zulu? What do you think I would have thought? What is that man doing on the floor having sex with himself? This is not a joke. This is. A 90-year-old man walks into a sperm bank. Stop it, stop it, stop it! Bruce Willis's Moonlighting co-star was Sybil Shepard. Though her role as Maddie Hayes on Moonlighting would be the defining role of her career, she'd been a working actress since the early 1970s. But her career first began as a model. She was a fashion star in the late 1960s, first winning the Miss Teenage Memphis title in 1966, which then took her to the 1966 Miss Teenage America pageant, where she would win the Congeniality Award. When she was 18, she competed in the 1968 Model of the Year contest, where she won $25,000. This led to modeling work, and when she found herself on the cover of Glamour magazine in 1970, her life made a change in direction. Director, writer, actor, and producer Peter Bogdanovich was in the checkout line at a Ralph's supermarket in Los Angeles. Complete side note here, but just a little piece of trivia for any Los Angelinos. Did you ever notice that the name Ralph's has no apostrophe? That's because it's not named after a Ralph. It's named for its founder, George Ralph's. Ralph's is a last name. Anyway... Bogdanovich was fresh off the critical success of directing the Roger Corman-produced crime thriller Targets. He was beginning to work on his next film, which would also end up being his best known, The Last Picture Show. He was looking to cast the role of J.C. Farrow for the film. When he saw Sybil Shepard on that magazine cover, while in the checkout line at Ralph's, he knew he'd found his J.C. And suddenly, Shepard found herself in her first film. And it was a big success. Nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, The Last Picture Show, rated R. Though Shepard didn't receive one of those Academy Award nominations, 
she was nominated for a Golden Globe. This performance would be followed with another critically acclaimed film, The Heartbreak Kid in 1972. Directed by Elaine May and written by Neil Simon, it's been included on AFI's 100 Years 100 Laughs list as one of the funniest American films ever made. By the time she was working on her third film, again with Peter Bogdanovich, the two were now a couple. Bogdanovich had fallen in love with her, leaving his longtime artistic collaborator, wife, and mother of his two daughters, Polly Platt. This next film would be 1974's Daisy Miller. This time, Sybil Shepard would be the top-billed star. Last year, Peter Bogdanovich gave you the moon. This year, Peter Bogdanovich has made a movie in color. Daisy Miller, starring Sybil Shepard. Simple Shepherd, you remember her from the Heartbreak Kid and uh, the Last Picture Show? She's Daisy Miller. I'm mysterious. I'm mysterious. Okay, here we go. Simple. Yeah. Second position. But Daisy Miller was a failure at the box office. And during this time, Shepherd had started studying dancing and voice. And now, to read a quote from Sybil Shepherd's 1973 interview with the Sarasota Herald Tribune from the Lady to Lady podcast and a comedian whose stand-up album Opinion Cave is available to stream anywhere, here's Brandy Posey. I started voice lessons to improve my speaking voice and found myself involved with classic opera. I'd done some singing before. It was my talent offering when I was in the Miss Teenage pageant. Peter and I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do an album? So Paramount signed me. It's due in the fall, and it's called Sybil Does It. The idea for the title comes from one of Porter's great tunes, Let's Do It, Let's Fall in Love. The Porter that she's referring to is composer Cole Porter. Around this same time, though I'm not totally sure which was first, Shepard had given Bogdanovich a book of Porter's songs. This would inspire Bogdanovich's next film, a jukebox musical using the songs of Cole Porter at Long Last Love, which would be released in early 1975, starring Burt Reynolds and Sybil Shepard. It was a critical and commercial failure. But I'm getting ahead of things now. Because in 1974, Sybil Shepard's Sybil Does It to Cole Porter was released on Paramount Records. Actually, Sybil Disobedience is available for free on my website, Sybil.com. You can actually read the chapter uh, Mm -hmm. about Elvis. It's called White Boys Don't Eat dot dot dot. As you may have gathered from the title, the album is a collection of Sybil Shepard singing the music of Cole Porter. Wikipedia describes Cole Porter saying... Many of his songs became standards noted for their witty, urbane lyrics, and many of his scores found success on Broadway and in film. The album kicks off with Let's Do It. The song, originally called Let's Do It, Let's Fall in Love, was from Porter's first Broadway success back in 1928, Paris, which was sung by Irene Bordoni. Porter wrote that musical for her to be the star. He would reuse the song a year later in Wake Up and Dream. The lyrics have been changed multiple times over the years. The original included some ethnic slurs. For Shepard's version, English playwright, composer, director, actor, and singer Sir Noel Coward wrote the opening verse and closing refrain. Mr. Irving Berlin often emphasizes sin in a charming Dear Noel Coward, we know, wrote a song or two to show, sex was here to stay. 
Cole Porter wrote both the lyrics and music for his songs, which was unusual for a Broadway composer. The next song, Find Me a Primitive Man, was originally from 1929's 50 Million Frenchmen. A year after the release of this album, Find Me a Primitive Man would also appear in Peter Bogdanovich's aforementioned At Long Last Love. But there, the song was sung by Madeline Kahn. Primitive man built on a primitive plan. Someone with vigor and vim. I don't mean the kind that belongs to a club, but the kind that has a club that belongs to him. Past Bizarre album subject Ethel Merman first sang the song But In The Morning, No, in 1938's Dewberry Was A Lady, which would also become a film in 1943 starring Lucille Ball, Gene Kelly, and Red Skelton. As the album's liner notes read, But In The Morning, No pops up at irregular intervals throughout the album, each time with a parenthetical added. Writing, figures, football, poker, and market. But here's a bit of the first one, Writing. Are you fond of riding, dear? Kindly tell me if so. Yes, I'm fond of riding, dear. But in the morning, no. Are you good at shooting, dear? Kindly tell me if so. Yes, I'm good at shooting, dear. Best known for her work with Rodgers and Hammerstein, Mary Martin first sang My Heart Belongs to Daddy in her Broadway debut, 1938's Leave It to Me. In 1960, Marilyn Monroe sang the song in the film Let's Make Love. This is another song that would also appear in At Long Last Love. There, this one was sung by Eileen Brennan. Such a sweet millionaire. While tearing off a game of golf, I may make a play for the caddy. The album, which included a poster of Sybil Shepherd also had a gatefold cover that opens up to reveal some quotes from a few showbiz legends raving about the album. Quotes from Fred Astaire, Orson Welles, Cary Grant, and Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly's reads, quote, This is really an intriguing album. It's different. And I'm sure that's one of the things Cole would have liked about it. The girl is sensational, and the boy is okay too. End quote. Some people called her a reprobate. Still she's known as Kate the Great. To sessions of Congress she wouldn't go. Never heckle the crowd on the radio. She never would mix in affairs of state. But in affairs of the heart, how Kate was great. As few lovely ladies today. She That 
was Kate the Great from 1934's Anything Goes? And to close out side one is the title song from Anything Goes. Once again, originally performed by Ethel Merman. Good authors too, who once knew better words, now only use for letter words. Side two begins with another song from Dewberry Was a Lady. Here's Give Him the Ooh La La. If you're fond of fancy things, diamond clips and emerald rings, if you want your man to come through, give him the ooh la la. If your car is asked to stop, by some handsome traffic cop, less you want a ticket or two. Let's Misbehave was originally written to be a part of Porter's Paris musical, but the song ended up being cut in favor of Let's Do It, Let's Fall in Love. And this is yet another song that also appeared in At Long Last Love, this time also sung by Shepard for the film. We're all alone, no chaperone can get our number, the world's in slumber, let's misbehave. There's something wild about you, child, that's so contagious, let's be outrageous. The album closes with another song from Kiss Me Kate, Brush Up Your Shakespeare. In the liner notes about the song, they add, With apologies to Mr. Porter, the lyrics have been very slightly altered here to suit Miss Shepard. Brush up your Shakespeare, start quoting him now. Brush up your Shakespeare, and us women, you will claim a few lines from Othello, and we'll think you're a hell of a fella. If your blonde won't respond when you flatter her, tell her what Tony told Cleopatra. The album didn't make a lot of impact. It seems to have gotten a few different pressings, all in 1974, one of them being on MCA Records instead of Paramount. I'm a little confused by this, but it appears that in 1974, Paramount Records was sold to ABC Records, which was later sold to MCA Records. But that didn't happen until 1979. So the timeline for the MCA pressing to be in 1974 doesn't quite work out right. So it's a mystery to me. I'm sure there's some record label historians out there that could set me straight. Let me know. Over the years, Sybil Shepard would go on to make a few more albums, a few of which are available to stream on Spotify. This one, however, is not. Peter Bogdanovich was given a directing and producing credit for this album. The only other credit given is music arranged and conducted by Artie Butler. In the 1960s, Artie Butler worked for Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller in the Brill Building, first working as their pianist and later as their arranger. He's had quite the career. He's been awarded over 60 gold and platinum records. He's been the arranger for several huge hits over the years. 
the Shangri-Las leader of the pack, the Dixie Cup's chapel of love, Barry Manilow's Copacabana. And in 1973, he arranged The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia for an actress and comedian best known as a cast member of the Carol Burnett show, Vicki Lawrence. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. <laughs>